Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 115, Yo Jobra, the Community Review. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Community, the sitcom about a very dysfunctional community college, uh, did a special episode uh, related to G.I. Joe, and we felt compelled that we should do a proper animated style show review on it. And John, I know that community is a love of yours and I know GI Joe is a love of yours. So this really had to be the best of two worlds coming together for you. I was extremely excited. I have to thank my little sister who showed me the, or sent me a link to the original uh, preview that came out for this show. Uh, I love community. I have followed it from the beginning it has had a lot of ups. Last year was a huge down because Dan Harmon, the creator, left uh, under not-so-great circumstances. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the guys that had covered for him for a while, the Russo brothers, have since left too, and they just finished up a little movie some of you may have seen called Cap 2, The Winter Soldier. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and so now Dan Harmon is back, and yeah, this show, oh, it just hit all, it hit every note for me. I was so excited about it. Yeah. We're now, talking about it. just to go on a little short side tangent, I got to see Captain America 2 also. Robert, did you get to see it? Yeah, I saw it this last weekend. Awesome. Uh, and John, I assume you saw it as well, since you mentioned it was I awesome. just saw it last weekend as well. Nice. Um, amazing amazing movie i don't want to spend a lot of time on it but it's right up there with avengers for me personally it was just this is this is like you know we talked to robert and i talked last time about animated series batman the animated series being my batman this is my captain america i absolutely loved it i a great spy movie an espionage movie marvel just continues to knock it out of the park um i will say and i think i mentioned this on the forums a little more realistic violence than some of the other movies. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and sitting <laughs> yeah, behind us were several little kids with their dad. That, would, for me, was a little awkward. Uh, you know, my <laughs> kids are 11 and 13. I think they can take it. It's bloodless, but a lot of machine guns and a lot of uh, a lot of more realistic stuff. But, man, just a top to bottom, a, a great movie, a, a, a real fun ride, not just being a it, – it, Kind of like Dark Knight is – it has Batman in a cape, right? But it's a crime movie. Yeah. This is, this really was, especially with having somebody like Robert Redford as as the heavy in it. It's yeah. an espionage movie from the 70s with a guy running around with a oh, yeah. shield. Just I, – oh, I love yeah. it. And, well, and, and John, I mean, I you're talking to a, a kid that grew up watching Rambo, First Blood, and Predator as a kid. So <laughs> – Personally, I think kids can handle it, but you know that's just me. I grew up a little tougher, so. <laughs> were you watching Predator when you were five? Uh, I probably would have. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, my neighbor, um, their kid is. Um, let's see, he's in fourth grade, so I guess he's probably ten, nine or ten, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, they invited Connor to go see it with him and his mom, uh, well, actually his grandma, and uh, 
And I was like, no, I think it's probably a little too mature for Connor. And uh, I was like, I think me and Laura are going to go see it, you know, and then we'll see if Connor can watch it. So, yeah. Anyway, so they went, my, my neighbor, and uh, they left the movie early. They just got up and left <laughs> because it was like too violent. And he was yeah. like half the time he was holding, you know, covering his eyes and stuff. Yeah. And I think there were just some moments. I mean, it's not a kid's movie. They're not making these for little kids. No. Right. It's not like uh, Superhero Squad or something. No, it, I mean, it's a PG-13 for a reason. So um, I think some of the moments where they're like brainwashing I don't want to give anything away, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in that chair, that was super intense. Yeah. And there were just other moments like that where, um, you know, people are just point blank getting, you know, shot. So personally, I think you guys are just raising a bunch of wusses, but you know, that's me. I mean, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say, I, I, you know, I have to say that having seen the previews for guardians, oh, that might amazing. be the first one I go see first. Yeah. You know, between flipping the bird and, some yeah. of the language which they've toned down from the original previews. Yeah, I may go see that one first before I let my 11-year-old <laughs> see it because it just, you know, James Gunn is not known for necessarily mm-hmm. making family-friendly stuff. No, no. So we'll see. You know, talking raccoon in a big tree look cool, but, you know, but we'll have to cussing and swearing, yeah. It's a little exactly, bad. exactly. Um, no. I am really looking forward to that one, though. That's my one I'm looking the most forward to this whole 2014 as Guardians of the Galaxy because I'm a big fan of the characters and stuff like that. But I did mention this on the forums. Um, Green Lantern is obviously my favorite character. I think anyone who listens to the show knows this already. But Captain America is the character in comics that I always have identified with. So even though I love reading Green Lantern and there's things about him I can identify with, Cap through and through as far as the type of person he is and everything else, that's the type of character I identify with in comics. So to see exactly what I always felt embodied Captain America on the screen portrayed in a way I would always want to see it was just phenomenal. So, but let's get back to what this episode's about. So, <laughs> um, which is community. Now I, uh, had mentioned to you, John, I watched community, uh, through the Dan Harmon years, uh, and loved the show. Uh, watched a lot of the episodes, watched the Christmas one where, uh, the, with, uh, Abed was having the claymation thing and that right. took me back and that was really brilliant, but I have not watched any of this season and I think I missed maybe the previous season or at least parts of the previous season. So, um, so I do kind of know where the status of some of the characters are, but you'll definitely be a great resource in this episode. And I could not imagine doing this episode without you. Well, um, I, I will say this. You didn't miss anything in the fourth season. Okay. Uh, fourth season shouldn't just, yeah, everybody should forget it. <laughs> I, I think the thing, and I hope people, you know, I know we're going to get into the guts of this thing very soon, but yeah. the thing with community is that year to year, they put out at least one very, very unique episode. Yes. That you know this the the Abed Christmas which is a Frosty the Snowman Rankin Bass production right you know they'll put out they've put out uh, homages to Logan's Run they've done a paintball, paintball several paintball episodes like Star Wars which are you know, like Star Wars meets the Good the Bad and the Ugly yeah they've done Dungeons and Dragons episodes this show for for people like us they just hit so many notes and and I've tried to get people to watch it for a long time because it's woefully underwatched and all I could say is I sat down with both my kids to watch this episode and I cannot imagine in the 50th anniversary of G.I. Joe NBC gave them more press than anybody else has oh yeah absolutely and, and you know with all the stuff going on they got more love and more uh, more f- screen time 
than I think than Hasbro's done and anything else going on. And so again, I, I just can't. I was oh so excited, and it, and it turned out to be a great great episode. Yeah. And then Robert, have you watched Community at all, or I don't know where your mm-hmm. level is with the show? Um, actually, no. I mean, I really haven't watched it at all. Um, okay. So this was my the only. Yeah, besides knowing the basic premise of the show, this is really my only kind of introduction to it. So, okay, um, I, I'm sure there was a lot more in jokes that I wasn't getting because of it, but I could certainly watch it and appreciate it for the, you know, just for the GI Joe aspect of it. Sure. So. Well, this is probably the best balance then because you have Robert who has no experience, me with some but nothing recent, and then John, you're full bore into it. So yeah. Um. So it's it's nice balance there. Um. Before we get into the actual episode, uh, we do have some listener feedback that I wanted to play and we can respond to, and then also some corrections. Robert, from the last, the DC animated episode, we did have a few corrections, um, which in a three and a half hour episode, we only had four corrections and two of them I caught and no one else caught them. So I can wait, wait, you're not, wait, 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 you're not not perfect. No, I'm not perfect. Robert's no. not perfect. I, I'm no. stunned. Stunned and ashamed. <laughs> I can't believe and I'm standing here talking. And, and John, so I don't remember. I, was. <laughs> I don't remember a time on this show I've ever claimed to be perfect either. No. So. Well, <laughs> Except to your credit, Chuck. <laughs> to your credit, I, I actually it took multiple listenings, but I made it through that episode, and boy, was it a humdinger. <laughs> we got a lot of long. Yeah, we I, we did get a lot of positive reviews about it though. Um, a lot of people really loved it, and in fact, we've had people on the forums asking if we're going to do the same thing for Marvel, mm. and if we would do the same thing for DC animated prior to the Bruce Tim stuff. So I'm definitely going to look into doing that if if the fest with the fans want, because I've been heavy into that stuff too. I don't, Robert, I don't know how much experience you've had with all, all that, but we can talk about it, yeah. and. Uh, and obviously, I'll make it short. Hopefully, we can make those episodes shorter. But <laughs> but uh, but it was it was a lot of positive feedback. But like I said, there was a few corrections that I just wanted to kind of throw out there. Um, we had uh, Jason Adams, who <laughs> we we've read all of his emails in the past. Um, he let me know that Melissa Gilbert, I had said, was from the show Roseanne. Melissa Gilbert's from Little House on the Prairie. Prairie. Sarah Gilbert oh. is from Roseanne. <laughs> Her sister. But they're sisters, yes. They are, yes, oh. they are sisters. So I was at least in the same family. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in and, you, Ryan. <laughs> and their brother Matthew was on a great show in the 80s, if you remember Wiz Kids. Yes, yes. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. And then um, and then we had on the forums, uh, we actually had it corrected for us that uh, by, I believe it was Sandman, uh, said that, Robert had actually said that Eliza Dushku played Lois Lane on Smallville, and it was actually Erica Durance that was Lois Lane on oh. Smallville, and Eliza Dushku was Faith on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's right. Yeah, so, they got their names mixed up for some reason. So watch your whole picking on me for making a mistake, Robert, because <laughs> you had a little mistake there yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Inevitable. Um, and then just two things. One, uh, two things that I caught. One was I forgot to mention the movie, the direct-to-DVD movie uh, Superman: Brainiac Attacks. It was another one of those direct-to-DVD mm. during the Adventures of Superman uh, TV yeah. series. Um, so that I just kind of completely forgot, and I actually own the movie too, so I don't know how I forgot it. But um, and then I had mentioned that uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold appeared in Justice League uh, Unlimited. 
Uh, Blue Beetle actually never appeared in Justice League Unlimited. It, I was must have been thinking of the Brave and the Bold oh. episode where it's uh, right, yeah. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. So Yeah, which is Booster Gold and Unlimited, right? Because I went to go look through Unlimited. I was like, oh, where's that episode with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold? And I, I couldn't find it. And I'm like, where the hell is it? And then I had to look it up online and find out that, oh, they never appeared together on that show. So yeah. uh, I did get to I did watch a bunch of those episodes, though, again, after we had that recording. <laughs> so I went back and watched a bunch of the Justice League <laughs> Unlimited episodes. So cool. one a uh, couple other things. We did have uh, some contact uh, through Facebook. Uh we had uh, Lee, uh, and that's uh, a female Lee, which you'll find out from her message to us. Uh, she listens to the show. Uh, so we do have a female listener, which is awesome. Is that Lee Aaron? Nice. Yes, Lee Aaron. Yes. Yeah, she's awesome. I've met her quite a few times at conventions and stuff. She's way cool. Yeah, she said, hey, guys, I've been listening to the podcast for a while now. Started with the first real animated hero. I find it rather funny, kind of informative. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up right there. <laughs> yep. And she says, and just an all over good time. Uh, I had thought about content. Uh, I met, or she says, I have a, a thought about content. I met Robert many years ago in person and his sister last year, not in person. Uh, and mm-hmm. figure maybe a female perspective on some of these episodes might be fun. She goes, me being a female and having love for G.I. Joe since I grew up watching it, I have wondered, I can't be the only girl who likes the very male-dominant cartoon. She said, uh, though, truth be told, most of the cartoons from the 80s were heavily male-dominant. Anywho, keep up the good work and make and maybe catch you at a con sometime. Cheers, Lee Aaron. So, um, I actually reached out to her after she sent that message and offered for her to come on the listener episode when we plan on doing that. So she said she's all for that. So cool, that'd be great. So we'll actually have her on and have a female perspective. And I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want your family feeling obligated, but I don't know if there's ever a time your sister would like to come on the show too. And Uh, she, she totally would. Yeah. Okay. And we can we can geek out with her too. So cause I I do agree. I think it'd be cool to have a, a female perspective. So yeah. So yeah, we'll 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 definitely do that. Like I said, I know we're gonna have Leon, and then like I said, we'll maybe we can work something out uh, sometime where uh, you and your sister can come on the show, and we can find out all your dirty secrets. So hey Ryan, why don't we get our sisters on here to talk about how goofy we must be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your sister, but my sister, other than send, being very sweet to send me the clip of this community episode, yes. could give a rip about G.I. Joe. I mean, she thinks I'm goofier and goof, so oh, my sister might could, be fun, too. There's a little bit of a problem with that, I would think, is that my sister is living on a boat right now. That's right. right. She's like in the middle yes, of I forgot. I'm sorry. Yes. No, that's okay. Um, she Totally forgot. She, she actually just left on April 6th. Uh, you can follow her on Facebook, and she wouldn't mind me saying this. John's, like, all apologizing. She's not yeah. dead. She's, She's just on a boat. <laughs> She's living on a boat. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for her. Yeah, I feel sorry for her, too. She's living in a tropical paradise right now on a boat. <laughs> uh, it's all about perspective, Ryan. Come on. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, it's uh, SV Wildcard is uh, her fan page, and it's also her website. Uh, so, and SV stands for sailing vessel. So, uh, but yeah, she, she went down there April 6th and she's down there with her boyfriend and they're now, that's what, that's how they're living is on a boat and they're going to be there for possibly the next year or two. So it's pretty awesome. But if she comes into town, I'd love to get her on an episode. Um, and cause she could definitely speak towards, uh, 
the stuff her brother grew up with and still <laughs> and still is growing up with. So, <laughs> um, so what, did, what did she get the year you got the flag? Did she get like a doll or something? She's like, this she, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, she got the Barbie Dream House. Okay. Ooh, it's, it's, ah. with the uh, with the pink Corvette. So, mm. so she she did all right. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere near the level of a flag. But, oh, you know. no, but what are you gonna do? Right. So. Um, so then we also had, uh, Jason Adams, who I just mentioned earlier, he left us, a, uh, an email and he, he knew that we were doing this episode. So he said, greetings, star bitches, uh, as he is often known to yes. call us, and we're uh, stuck. <laughs> right? He says, I sure hope you guys are doing well enough with the chit chat. What about the community episode? I loved it. That was obviously done by someone that loves Joe. And we'll get into that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I really liked how they made all community characters look like other Joes. Wingman was supposed to be like Duke. I'm sure you can notice the pants-shirt combo was a reverse of Duke's. Uh, he said, tight ship. Uh, he <laughs> says, he <laughs> said, she can get me in her kung fu grip anytime. <laughs> and he said, three kids was stalker. Uh, there were many others, but I don't care about them, he said. <laughs> What about Wild Bill with hat muffs? Yes. (laughs) So he says, I've never watched Community before, but if they did more episodes like this, I would totally watch more often. He says, I don't have much to say, but I felt I should write in since your listener numbers are dropping like Chuck's pants on a lonely Friday night. Oh, yikes. Oh, wow. (laughs) He's XO. He knows this how? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, him and Chuck. Which part? Him and Chuck are very close. (laughs) Um, I've been privy to some of their conversations with each other. So, moving on. Yes. <laughs> and then we had a voicemail from Matt, uh, which was Warden Forty Three TK on the forum. So let me go ahead and play that here for you guys. Hey, Star Joes, this is Matt, aka Warden Forty Three TK on the forums. I know it's been a while since I dropped you guys, a, you know, a line on the show, but I decided now is as good a time as anything as you're kind of listening, looking for some voicemails. I just wanted to say I definitely miss hearing Chuck on the show, but I still thoroughly enjoy Star Joe's. It's definitely like as soon as it comes on or it's on my iTunes, I definitely download it and listen to it at work or whatever I'm doing. I just kind of drop it and listen to the show. Uh, Robert has been a fine addition to the show. Not only can you do some kick-ass art, uh, I really enjoyed that X-Men piece he did. I mean, it could have been years ago now, but I, that still really stuck with me. But uh, Robert is a fine podcaster in my opinion. Ryan, you know you're the man. You've answered so many of my questions in the past for me when I'm on the forums or whenever I have something, I shoot you something on Twitter and you get right back to me. So I don't really need to stroke you and give you that much props. You just you just really good at you do and I, I really do appreciate that. Like Chuck, you know, life's been kinda of catching up with me. I haven't been as active as I like to be on the forums. I definitely follow the Twitter feed and the Facebook stuff, but and I haven't really been reading that much Star Joe stuff. You know, I'm in the process of hopefully getting a new car, house shopping, and a potential wedding with my girlfriend. So I'm pretty much a strictly trades reader now. I can't really double guess I'm just growing up. And I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed the G.I. Joe animated series episodes and the Star Wars EU episodes. I'm more of a Star Trek guy, but I'm not like an obnoxious Trek fan that I like hate Star Wars or anything like that. I, I do enjoy Star Wars. It was pretty influential in me growing up, so... I definitely like listening to you guys just kind of deconstruct the book, break it down, you know, get to the nitty gritty 
it's really informative for me, and I know it's just really great. I mean, it's the same kind of thing with the G.I. Joe Real American Hero episodes. Like, just watching you guys, listening to you guys have fun, breaking that thing down, and just kind of getting to the nitty-gritty of it. So um, that's pretty much all. Myself, personally, I, I like the new changes. I don't think change is necessarily always a bad thing. Uh, just keep up the good work, and remember, uh, always remember, Ryan, the Viper is coming. Later, guys. <laughs> uh, you gotta love a, a voicemail that ends with the Viper is coming. I know, man. We're so close. <laughs> so, uh, so Matt, uh, very nice of you to to left us a, a voicemail like that uh, since we asked asked for that. Um, <laughs> thanks for all the compliments since we asked asked for yeah. them. That's thanks, really great. Thanks for kissing our asses. And <laughs> if anybody Robert, else wants to send those in, go right ahead. <laughs> yes. Robert, you are a fine addition, and uh, I'm once again the man, so right. I'm okay with, I'm okay now, with he it. He was kind of, I don't know if it was the Skype or he was kind of cutting out, but he was saying some X-Men piece I did. What was what yeah. piece was he talking about? I don't know. He said it was a while back. So uh, I'm wondering if it was when you back when you were doing the uh, sketch a day type thing and you were doing a whole month of X-Men. Yeah, it could have been. He might That's, be talking about one of those or... That's what I was thinking of, but uh, yeah, I, not, say, I did. I did an X Men issue, but I don't know. If, I doubt he's talking about that. Nobody yeah. read that. Yeah, because you did what <laughs> X Men Forever. Yeah. yeah, no one was reading that. So. Nobody was reading I, that. I'm proud to say I have Robert's first Marvel work in that Triple uh, uh, A ball <sighs> book. Oh man, you, you and Rick catch some sign is like the first time I ever met That's you. Right? I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to find, man. It's that. Richmond Braves, rest in peace. They're no longer That's with us, but, but I've still got the book. <laughs> nice, man. That was back in 2008, I think. And if Robert could burn it, he probably would. Uh, yeah, it's old <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> Um, but no, it was awesome, Matt, for calling in and, and leaving us that voicemail. Uh, yeah, we missed Chuck too. Um, you know, hopefully one. Uh, hey, the, I the thought next- it, was, it was again. He was kind of breaking up, and I didn't know. It sounded like he said, oh, "I miss Chuck," but without Chuck, I I thought he said, "I fairly enjoy the podcast," but then I realized he said, "I thoroughly enjoy the podcast." Yes. So I was like, oh, "Okay, wait." He's like, I, "I fairly enjoy it. It's okay." When Chuck's not there, I fairly enjoy it. I but. know. I was like, oh, but then he like talked about how great we were, and I was like, oh, maybe I hurt misheard him or something. But don't, but don't worry. Hey, we're in the second quarter of the year. Chuck's probably going to make an appearance at some point. So. Yeah, at some point he'll be around. But uh, we do have, and then I just have uh, one iTunes review that we received, which was actually from Rock, and uh, nice. he and he left. Uh, unfortunately, he left you out of this one, Robert. That's all uh, right. <laughs> he is no longer the man. Right. Uh, he said, Ryan, and, he said, uh, he titled it the best podcast ever recorded. So, and, I, and, and I'm nowhere near included in <laughs> That's a lot for me to live up to right there. So, oh, there you go. So he says, Ryan and Chuck talk about all of your favorite 80s properties from Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He Man, and more. They go over the comics, toys, cartoons, and movies. This podcast is great to listen to, so download it now, or the champ is going to flare chop you and slap you on the figure four lock <laughs> leg lock. And then, woo! woo! Yep, that's exactly <laughs> how he ended it with a woo. <laughs> Man, really? How else can you end that? So, <laughs> secret mission? What plans? What are you talking about? I'm not getting in there. I'm going to regret this. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. 
Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on geekcastradio.com. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on geekcastradio.com. At last, where have you been? They're heading in this direction. What are we going to do? We'll be sent to the spice mines of Kessel, smashed into who knows what. All right, so you guys ready to talk some community finally? Let's do it. All right. Absolutely. Now, much like our animated episodes, I took thorough notes uh, on this episode, and more so on this episode than any other episode I've ever taken notes on. <laughs> That's like when, when me and Ryan were talking just a minute ago, I was like, every single thing that was said and everything that was shown was an easter egg i mean you, you're taking 20 minutes to make it like this complete love letter you know to the old 80s cartoon and kind of making fun of it but at the same time it's obviously done out of love and so everything in this episode is just jam-packed with easter eggs and homages and just like little kind of behind the scene jokes at just the the property the old 80s cartoons 80s censorship in general. Yes. Um, the toy line, all that stuff, the toy commercials. I mean, every minute of this thing was packed. So I can only imagine your notes. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing I mentioned to Robert and John, you'll get a kick out of this. And you can imagine this being completely true is I watched the episode and enjoyed it. And then when I had to take notes for the show, I was watching on my iPad and pausing every two seconds so I could write down what the hell was just said and what was going on. Because like Robert said, there's so many references that it took me like almost three hours to take notes on a half hour show. <laughs> I just watched it tonight before we hooked up. And uh, yeah, what 22 minutes took probably close to an hour. Yeah. So, uh, so I totally understand. So, um, See, so I, I just... watch it before I hook up with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ahead of the game. Poor choice of words. Are you still standing outside my window? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting ready. So for those that are not familiar with, with the show, I do want to go over some of the cast of characters. Uh, I know we'll go over them and talk them about them a little bit more as we go into the actual episode. But we have Joel McHale is Jeff Winger, and in this episode he's known as Wingman. We have Jillian Jacobs is Britta, and uh, she's known as Buzzkill in this. Uh, Danny, uh, is it Pudi or Putty? Pudi. Pudi is Abed, and uh, he's known as Fourth Wall, Fourth Wall in this. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown is Shirley, and she's known as Three Kids. Uh, Allison Bree is Annie, and she's known as Tight Ship in this episode. Uh, then we have uh, Jim Rash, which is the Dean, uh, Dean Pelton. And in this, he's known as Vice Cobra Assistant Commander. <laughs> uh, we have Ken Jong, which is uh, Senior Chang. 
and he's known as Overkill in this. And uh, John Oliver is Professor uh, Professor Ian Duncan, and he's known as Zimzam or Mix uh, Mix Max or Max Mix or something like Mix Max. <laughs> Wait, Mix no, Max. This is, his name is Zimzam. It's his brother who's uh, the Mix Max. Yes. Well, he so works in a restaurant. We also had Brent Anthony uh, plays young Jeff. So that blonde haired kid that you see in the commercials. Of the toy commercials that happened. Oh, during okay. This, that's supposed to be Jeff as a little boy. Oh, that's cool. So, um, but then for this episode, we did have a few names a little bit more familiar to well, a store, Star Joe's audience appear. But, but, in this. Before you get there, too, yes. you also had Jonathan Banks as Major Dick. Yes. Who is <laughs> who is a professor that has showed up this this, this year? Season, he is the yeah. uh, Chevy Chase replacement. For, for lack of a old yeah, crazy for all intents and yeah. purposes, yes. yes. <laughs> So we do have, uh, returning to their some of their roles, uh, we have uh, Michael Bell did the voice of Duke. And we had Bill Ratner do the voice of Flint. And uh, we actually had Mary McDonald Lewis did the voice of Scarlet, which was a real weird choice to me. But, yes, it was. <laughs> but I still loved it. I still loved it. So, um, so that's the cast. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right into what happens in the episode. And as always, you guys, feel free to cut me off, stop me, whatever, whatever you have to say. All right. All right. So Let's do it. Episode is G is called GI Jeff. The community episode is called GI Jeff. We'll get into what this episode is actually called in the cartoon. <laughs> but uh, it opens to Cobra attacking the Taj Mahal. And there's a bunch of Cobra grunts that are running towards the Taj Mahal, and they're all whispering, Cobra, 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 Cobra. <laughs> that was so hilarious. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of Hiss tanks and Rattlers. Uh, Destro is actually leading the charge. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but two of the Rattlers they showed was there was wild weasel pop. Multiple wild weasels. Yes. yes. I think yes. they're just because this is where I wonder like how nitpicky they were about getting things exact. I think whoever was doing the animation or the storyboarding just thought that every rattler pilot looked like this. Like this was oh, well, the yeah. like a like a rattler but, viper or something. But it, let's I think this may be a good time to mention this. Larry Houston did the storyboard boards. Yes. Larry Houston did multiple G.I. Joe Real American Hero. Uh, episodes, including the opening to the movie, okay. the greatest two and a half minutes of cartoons ever in my okay. book. Oh, he there's actually, a lot. So, and yeah. and for for Chuck, who's not here, he also did the He-Man comics that were the giveaways in the toy packs. Oh, oh very cool, very cool. See, I did my homework too, Ryan, because yeah. I friggin' love this stuff. Let's do yeah. it. No, absolutely. And and we will see when we get into the actual opening credits, you'll see there's a lot of homages to the intro the various intros of G.I. Joe, including the movie. So um so it's pretty cool. Um so Destro fires a missile towards the Taj Mahal and before the missile can hit, it's taken out by a blast from a Mobat, and we pan down and we see Flint, Roadblock, and Deep Six standing in front of the Mobat. <laughs> I know. And it's gear no less. Yeah, he's completely head-to-toe in his Deep Six gear. Yes. And then I love, because uh, Flint's like, Roadblock, Deep Six, go take out that his tank. And Deep Six like kind of looks at him and then just starts running towards the his tank. I'm like, what is he going to do in that gigantic suit? When I saw Deep Six, I'm like, okay, Flint and Roadblock, I get What the hell is Deep Six doing there just to throw him in there? <laughs> and he appears a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was um, always in the background. Yep. He must have been somebody's favorite. 
So then we have uh, Flint orders also hat muffs, who looks like Wild Bill, <laughs> with his two cowboy hats as earmuffs over his ears, and spit take <laughs> to shoot down the rappers. He's like, spit take, hat muffs, and then you cut to these two guys, and spit take like spits out like something, and they go running off, and you're like, what? I just love that some of the names that oh, yeah. were thrown in here. So then we have a uh, tight ship asks why Cobra is attacking a, a tourist attraction and why is GI Joe? Why are we here? <laughs> She's like, they're, no just, offense. they're completely the voice of reason. Like, I mean, they're just, yes. I mean, fourth wall to a crazy extent. But you know, yes. before we get to him, like, like all the other characters that are based on the show are just like, what is this ridiculous world we're in? Kind of, you know, comments, just commentary. They're like they're the real world commentary on how crazy this is. Yeah, I just love how she's like, no offense to India, but why are we here defending? <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Flint tells her that she can make the orders when she commands G.I. Joe. And Buzzkill says that'll happen any day now with the with her breasts on full display. Yeah, <laughs> and then they beep it out. He's like, yes. what? <laughs> like, hey. And then three kids is yelling at her kids while she, uh, over her cell phone while she's shooting. And Flint tells her to put the phone down. Yeah, because somebody was like grabbing Flint and like wrestling with him in the background. And she tells Flint to screw you. (laughs) (laughs) And Flint's just dumbstruck. He just doesn't even know how to respond to that. There's so many levels of insubordination from this group. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, Wingman shows up. He flies down and reminds them that they're supposed to be a a unit. And Buzzkill says to show them how how it's done. So Wingman shoots Destro's Rattler and Destro parachutes out. Flint tells Wingman, good shooting, but Destro's getting away. And Wingman says, not necessarily. Well, it's like, well, right before that, like, Destro, he's like, he's like, well, I'll get you next time, G.I. Joe's, and how he says it. And he's like, ha, 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 and he does, like, his great Destro voice. And then they cut, then then they cut to. (laughs) Yes. Well, they got, they got a good voice actor to do Destro. Really good. I was really impressed with it. It sounded a lot like him. Yeah. So then. So we get Wingman shoots, he says he's not going to get away. He shoots Destro's parachute, and Destro falls and dies. I know, it's just like, and he why, shoots why, it up and why didn't he sh- Why didn't he shoot him? No, I was going to say, you know, he, he can actually shoot people. Why didn't he just shoot Destro as opposed well, to he's like, blowing all He was shooting parachute. at Destro, and if you see Destro's, like, swinging around in his parachute harness, like his legs are flinging around all over the place. He's like, he's like, he's like whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, what are you doing? Hey, whoa. And then like the parachute just Swiss cheeses. I mean, just like holes everywhere, rips to shreds. And then the camera pulls way back. And you and see Destro's whole... this tiny figure is like, oh. <laughs> and the whole scene goes silent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone it, stops. It and cuts over show... to the Joe group and they all just kind of look real slowly over at Wingman. He's like, yo, Joe. <laughs> And the, nobody joins in. And they show the look, the look show. on Flint's face is unbelievable. Know, yes. yeah. And they well, and then they pan over to a whole group, and I made sure I write, wrote down every character that showed up as much as possible. <laughs> so they had Dusty Breaker, Snake Eyes, Wild Bill, and this time it was Wild Bill, not Hat. Yeah, not ha- not Hat Mucks. <laughs> uh, Roadblock, Deep Six, Gung Ho, and Scarlet. They're all just standing there, all shocked. And Snake Eyes, how he looks shocked as he slaps his own face. <laughs> yeah, he's like slaps his forehead, <laughs> face palms. He's like, oh my gosh. So now the show opens <laughs> to the yeah, opening credits. That was the opening. That was the pre-credits. Like, <laughs> oh crap! And we see a bunch of Sky Strikers flying out from Mount Rushmore. Dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> and we get Skyhawks and Vamps and Mobats and Wolverines are all coming out as well. Everything. It's like this glory vehicle shot. It's just yes. awesome. <laughs> and uh, it's got uh, Snake Eyes Breaker, Doc, and Cover Girl, and Wingman's Riding with them. Uh, they head towards a giant robot snake that looks like the big robots from uh, the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Those, yeah, right. except, except way bigger. <laughs> yeah, colossal. I mean, just huge. Yeah. Uh, we see dragon, dragonflies, hang gliders, uh, the havoc, uh, all coming out towards that. Uh, as wingman, tight ship, three kids, buzzkill, and fourth wall lead the charge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading the names out like that. Just yes. it's so so funny. The uh, the name community comes up with the tagline: "A show set in a community college." <laughs> um. We then see Cobra Hiss Tanks, Trouble Bubbles, Fire Bats, Ravens, and Claws charging in the opposite direction. Uh, then the scene changes to Sky Strikers that have launched from the USS flag that was in front of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah. Again, all these homages, like the Statue of Liberty, obviously, from the movie opening, and then the USS flag from the cartoon opening and stuff like that. Um, they're attacking a giant Cobra airship that looks just like the Cobra airships from the, the previous cartoon openings. Uh, Ace is actually leading the charge in the Sky Strikers, and a flame comes right from the Cobra's mouth towards towards him, like face first. So I yeah, can only I loved imagine. this shot because yeah. the Sky Strikers come flying right past yeah. the camera, and I was like, "Yeah, they've got that great kind of silhouette of that plane." I was like, "Man, so cool!" And I can only imagine that Ace got shot down. Probably, um, but they cut away. <laughs> it happens off camera. Tight ship and three kids drop uh, to the ground and punch out Zim Zam and Major Dick. Uh, <laughs> and we hear the voiceover announcer say G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daringly, awesomely trained, awesome mission force. <laughs> its purpose to fight Cobra because they're terrorists. Look, I think I'm over explaining it. The bad guys are snakes and the good guys are army people. <laughs> I think I'm over explaining this. For freedom, wherever there's trouble, G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there! It's G.I. Joe against Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there! G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, awesomely trained, awesome mission force. Its purpose to fight Cobra because they're terrorists. Look, I think I'm over-explaining it. The bad guys are snakes and the good guys are army people. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight one. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. G.I. I had to write that one down word for word. Oh, man. Yeah, that cracked me up. Like, <laughs> right when the con- the narrator is just breaking, he's like, okay, look, this is how it is. It's so easy. <laughs> I love when he's like the daringly, awesomely trained, awesome mission force. <laughs> so we see Destro orders uh, troops as Vice Cobra Assistant Commander stands by him. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Uh, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, we are also introduced to Overkill who is like a Cobra version of Quick Kick, almost. Um, yeah, or, I didn't get that. That was weird. Well, Ken Jong, who's on the show, is typically the bad guy. 
Right. So it, it made sense to he had to be Cobra because he's always trying to mess with the with the study group, the initial group, well, which includes I get, a lot of the I, guys, I, I so. do get that, but why didn't they make him Storm Shadow? It was almost like they were trying to they merged uh, the Storm Shadow and Quick Kick characters. So he's wearing Quick Kick colors, but, but I think I don't just know. Storm Shadow shows face. up though. Maybe maybe it's just a maybe it's just a look thing. I don't know. Yeah. Good question. He kind of looked like a reject from Cobra Kai. The karate. <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> nice. No mercy. <laughs> so then uh, Overkill uh, sets a bomb to take out the Joe green shirts, but Wingman flies down to pick it up. He throws it in the air and shoots it. And all the Cobra bases then explode. Like the airship explodes. Everything explodes from him just shooting this one bomb. Uh, Cobra retreats. And we pan back to the title Community, created by Dan Harmon. Uh, standing at the title screen, and again, I wrote down every character that showed up just because it was awesome reference. Uh, we have from left to right was Dusty, Flint, Doc, Stalker, Covergirl, Frostbite, Snake Eyes, Duke, Three Kids, Buzzkill, Wingman, Tightship, Fourth Wall, Scarlet, Spirit. I loved how Fourth Wall and Spirit were just one person away from each other. Uh, Gung Ho, Lady J, Beachhead, Roadblock, and Wild Bill. Now, why is Wild Bill the only one with both hands in the air? <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's way excited. <laughs> I'm more excited than twice as excited as anybody else. Give like, me some is of that the juice, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the title of the episode uh, for the cartoon. I think he's secretly from. a Hydra agent, and then he would just kind of let it <laughs> let it slip right there. It's like, oh crap! Maybe nobody noticed. Um, so the title of the episode for the cartoon episode is called "Government Issued Jeff." And uh, the community group is on trial in front of Flint, Duke, and Scarlet. And this cracked me up because I had to, I paused this to see <laughs> who was behind them. Yeah, um, there's yeah. some. Com- it's, okay, go ahead. It's basically a bunch of cartoon shots from the different cartoons. There's other cartoon characters in there though. Yeah, I noticed there wasn't yep. just yeah Joe's back there. Yeah, I didn't pick up on a lot of them, but I think one of them was like a Robotech character, and there was just a bunch of stuff, but I did see Renegade Scarlet was back there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Falcon was back there. Uh, the G.I. Joe, the movie Roadblock version, the one with the white pads and the uh, on his <laughs> shoulders and the green vest and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, Hawk was there. Alpine and Bazooka in their cowboy outfits. Right. From, from that <laughs> from the wild, ranch, the, from the the ranch, ranch episode, <laughs> yes. And... Scud, the disposable assassin. Yeah, was that background. was that was a weird. That must have just been again well, somebody's favorite character. Like, hey, let's well, that's, throw him in. He's that's because the direct. He's the director of the episode. Rob Trab directed this episode, uh, and that's his creation. Yes. Oh, okay, so that's yeah, why he like, showed up in it. That was such an obscure like Easter egg thrown in there. I'm like, he's got to be connected somehow. Yeah, but it's funny because they didn't make a huge effort to make these characters look like they're actually sitting there. Like, like the, there's another Alpine character way up in the left corner who looks like he's crawling and stuff like that. It's just like they just took cartoon clips and just threw them in there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so they're on trial for language and mature situations unbecoming of a GI Joe. <laughs> uh, Wingman, Wingman says he understands this is the first time a Joe has ever been killed, has ever killed in all recorded history. <laughs> um, and Buzzkill points out that they are all dressed like serial killers and strippers. Strippers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> She's like, well, what kind of lazy militia is this? We're all dressed like serial killers and strippers. I'm like, well, that's, that's true. 
and like, we three... don't even know what the chain of command is there. It's just. Yep. And then three kids points out that she has three kids, which she does quite. It's the running gag throughout the whole episode. <laughs> uh, Wingman tries to point out that Cobra is a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. And if they never kill them, then they are basically on their side and the war will last forever. Right after he says this, the group then gets locked up by a, char- a new character named Cold Shoulder. Cold Shoulder. <laughs> well, well, no, right before that, he says, uh, "He goes, if we're not killing them, we might as well be killing ourselves." And then that's like yes. the last thing he says. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I love the, the Cold Shoulder character. He's like, he shuts up. He's like, "Thanks, Cold Shoulder." Man, what is with that guy? Like, because he's like walking away. He doesn't say anything to him. He just turns and walks away. So then Tightship points out, and this is another great scene, uh, Tightship points out that they're in a prison, that the prison is a graveyard for G.I. Joe rejects like Deep Dish, who's a chef, Shark, <laughs> shark Arm, Arms. Weird Head, Home Free, who is like a homeless guy, uh, Placeholder, and Sleep Apnea. <laughs> that, do, do you know who Sleep Apnea was? No. That's Dan Harmon. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. That's, <laughs> that's great. As far as the fact that I love actually, his line later on. Yeah, yeah, it's actually f- designed right after him. So Nice. My favorite of those characters was Placeholder. Yes, because he had no face. <laughs> he, he had the action lines drawn in, but no face. Yes. <laughs> he was just sitting there. So then in the cell next to them is Fourth Wall, who questions if this is uh, real life or a syndicated children's cartoon. Because um, I think... Uh, Three kids said this is the worst day of her life. Yeah. Uh, and then Wingman points out that if this was a cartoon, there would be less movement. And just as he says this, fourth wall doesn't move at all. Uh, there would yeah. be less. <laughs> he says there would be less detail and constant limps, lip sync mistakes. And just as he's saying that, three kids moves her mouth as that's being said. <laughs> oh, man, that cracks me up. Because that happens so often in those cartoons. All the time, uh, it'll be somebody else talking, and then you'll be voiced over by the wrong character. Oh, yeah. So then uh, Fourth Wall said that if I told you there was a, a world with more than 65 colors and at least three dimensions, <laughs> <laughs> what would you think? And Fourth Wall said he recently uncovered a secret Cobra dig site codenamed Greendale. And as he says this, Wingman has a panic response. Uh, fourth Wall... <laughs> Proof to them that there's this place is a, a Duke action figure. And well, like right before this too, doesn't he? He looks at Fourth Wall. And he's like, "Who are you anyway?" And look at you. Like, how many levels of racist are you? <laughs> oh, I've got that. Yeah, that's a little little bit later is on. That later yeah. on. Oh my yeah. gosh, just a little bit later on. Oh, I loved it. So as he's showing the the Duke figure, the scene changes to a GI Joe toy commercial. And in this commercial, it introduces the new G.I. Joe Subma chapter. <laughs> Subma. <laughs> Piloted by Wingman. Uh, the fourth wall figure says, we're in a toy commercial. Then Wingman fi- the Wingman figure says, I can't hear you when you're covered in rocks. <laughs> and like, buries fourth wall. <laughs> and it creates this avalanche of like these little you know, landscaping rocks that just come over and completely demolish fourth wall. Like just yep. pile up on top of them. Which you saw all the time in those old cartoons. Yeah, right? those old all these traps, you know, that are set up. We did that all the time as kids. Like, yeah. we would uh, create these, we'd dig these holes in the ground and cover it with fake grass and stuff. And people walk across them and get caught in these tiger traps. And, like, yeah. we'd have these uh, cups on strings and we'd throw them over the swing set. And then we'd, like, let the string go and the cup comes down as a cage. Oh, yeah. That's so that awesome. awesome. 
So, but then, but then he goes, I can't hear you covered in all these rocks. And the fourth wall says, it doesn't hurt because I'm, <laughs> because I'm made of plastic. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't hurt because I'm not real. I'm not whatever real. It says. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wingman wakes up from the commercial as if it was a dream. And Wingman tells fourth wall to stop saying Greendale and that his outfit is three layers of racist. So that's what oh, yeah. says that. <laughs> and he's kind of dressed like spirit, you know, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. But the so character, then, he's not like Native American at, or at all, right? He's, well, he's, no. he's India Indian. Yeah. He is, right. he is Indian on the show. That's I mean, so I don't know how else to say that. So, yeah. So, it's, uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> so, then we have a tight ship then calls wingman Jeff and asks if he can hear them. Uh, Buzzkill also calls him Jeff and asks if he knows where he is. Wingman says that he belongs in G.I. Joe and asks Buzzkill who wears a saw in their arm. <laughs> it's like, why are you even touching me? <laughs> so then the scene changes to the Cobra headquarters, which is, a ter- is the Terror Drome. And a Cobra Grunt is changing a sign that reads 10,419 days <laughs> to zero. <laughs> And uh, I did the. I actually did. Over the, I was gonna say I actually did the math, which uh, that many days is twenty eight point five four years, so about twenty eight <laughs> and a half years from then. Yeah. And yeah. somebody noted in trivia that that takes it right to the sixth episode in the nineteen eighty five season, which is Countdown for Zartan. So I don't Who know. Who gets if, hurt in that? I don't know. I almost want to go back to that episode and find well, out. We reviewed that one. I don't think anybody did, did they? No. But someone did note that that's where it takes it back to. So, we'll what to what episode? To the countdown for Zartan. The countdown for Zartan. Yeah. So I'll have, to, I'll have to look into researching that one to see if anyone got hurt in that one. But I don't think anyone did. So it might just be a funny coincidence. So, um, so then Cobra Commander is giving a eulogy, and he says it's the first time he uh, the first time he met Destro. He asked uh, Destro asked him if he should have his entire head covered in chrome and Cobra Commander's like, I don't even know how that would work. <laughs> Why would you even do that? How, I mean, how would that even work? Which I think we all thought that as kids, at least I did at some point, I was like, I, I, I think it's cool, but I don't get how he's able to talk with a metal head. I just like, I don't know. Um, which I will also say the Cobra Commander guy that they did to do that voice wasn't the best one. I don't, I mean, unfortunately, Chris Lotta's not around anymore, so yeah. can't get him. But it wasn't bad. It just it kind of threw me off the first time I heard it. So um, so at the funeral is Zartan, Baroness, Storm Shadow, Torch, Dr. Mindbender, Zarana, and I think it was Ripper was there. Um, or it might have been, was, yeah, it might have been Ripper. I can't remember. Um, Cobra Commander states that he's not good at eulogies because he's never had to give one before. <laughs> he he points out that they have been shooting at each other and missing for 20 years (laughs) so as he's i was just gonna say real quick the count the 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 countdown to zartan episode is when um there was uh uh, like the remember the the episode starts out and they're they're the dreadnoughts are trying to show these new cobra recruits like how to use their you know skills and then storm shadow comes in and beats up the tank and yeah. then, like, uh, they infiltrate Joe, and, and Zartan goes in undercover, and then he gets put in jail. And then they kind of, right. like, freak him out that the, it's about to blow up, and, yeah. you know, he kind of gives it all away. Um, 
I was going to say, the only people I can think of that get hurt in that episode is like Storm Shadow actually goes and he knocks out. He has a fight with uh, Spirit. He knocks and, him out. And the new recruits get knocked out, too, I think. Yeah, kind of. They get yeah. kind of beat up. But it's, I guess it's just the, I guess it's those recruits that maybe that they're talking to talking yeah, about. The, but I'm crew, like, wow, the crews that didn't have helmets, remember? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, those poor schmucks. They, they had to run around with, with no helmets on, just their balaclavas. So, yeah, yeah. So they, they definitely got they got they got it handed to him. But um, yeah, I don't remember anyone dying, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's casualty or. Yeah. Anyway, so then, okay. so then we have uh, the Cobra Commander gets interrupted by Vice Cobra Assistant Commander, uh, <laughs> who says there's an energy surge at the Joe base, and Cobra Commander says that he doesn't care because Destro is dead. Uh, he asked if they were. Uh, he's then asked if they were close, and Cobra Commander admits that they lo- that he loved Destro. He's like, all right, I love him. Okay, <laughs> is that and what you wanted Sartan, to hear? Sartan's the best. <laughs> Sartan just like out of the sound of his mouth, he's like looking at the camera, he's like, called it. <laughs> that was the best, man. So then we have uh, Cobra Commander says that G.I. Joe is going to pay, and Cobra attacks the Joe base then. Uh, Wingman wants out, so Deep Dish shows how he has been eating spoonfuls of dirt to dig a hole in a wall and listen to Smash Mouth to justify the poster that was hiding the hole. That's the one weird thing in this. Yeah, I smash mouth. I don't know. Yeah, it was just it was just an obscure Mid- like nineties you know? band. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even like eighties. It should have been eighties band. Could have thrown in I don't know Thompson Twins or Thomas <laughs> Dolby or I don't know. Anyway, it could have been off It could have been anything. So, <laughs> but he was like Deep Dish was like I only have a few more inches to go before I break through the wall. Then right then the side wall of the prison like just blows open. Oh, and he's, yeah. like, he's just looking at it so despairingly. Yeah. <laughs> So then Wingman says if they can if they help the Joes save the base, then maybe they can be uh, G.I. Joes again. So then the group knocks out a bunch of Cobra grunts, like they get they all pop up behind them and well, knock them like, out with rocks. There's like five Cobra troops like standing behind um uh some boxes, some boxes and stuff, like shooting you know, some suppressing fire, just shooting it. And then all five of the main characters get up behind them with a little rock in their hand and just bash them in the head, like all yeah. at the same time, like synchronized, you know, yes. just whack them in the head, knock them out. Very and like then, uh, so then, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. All at the same time, just like bloop, right on the head, they fall over, and then they pick up the rifles. Yep. So then Wingman reminds them to do a suppressive fire, but none of them really know what that means. So he says, "I'll demonstrate to you," and he stands up and starts He's like, shooting. Do it like this, <laughs> and he actually kills every Takes person. Them all out. <laughs> he starts shooting, and he's like. Whoa, whoa! And as he's shooting, like Cobra troops are dropping left and right, it's like ping, zing. I mean, they're just like just taking it in the chest. Like all of them are dying, and everybody else is like, whoa! And he's like, and he was like, I think even surprised himself that he's yes. like just murdering people. Yes, and then he blows up a gas truck and. <laughs> which ignites lifeline he's like oh my gosh is that lifeline i'm so sorry and he's like running around on fire and lifeline is dead i know he just like falls down and is just laying there burning like oh my gosh so then the joes actually lay suppressive fire on the community group i know he's like and then duke yeah he's like he goes look they're murdering they're they're killing everyone they're like quick lay suppressing fire and so they're shooting at him and then uh, Wingman's like, "Oh crap, we got to get out of here." And Force Wall's like, "Oh, don't worry about it." Like yeah. he's like calm as <laughs> calm as could be. He's like, "Don't worry about it. There's no way they'll hit us." So then they get into the Subma chapter. And... He's like, "Quick to the Subma chapter with the you know like lists off." Yep. And it takes uh, off with a Tie Fighter sound. 
Yes. Oh, I loved it. It, it was like, and, and little... it fits everybody just like all these other episodes. Yeah, there's one person in front and two then two, the two seaters behind five him, yeah. people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did notice all the there was all the Star Wars sounds again, just like the the classic cartoon had. Yes. So I love that they threw that in. Yeah, um, that's someone paying attention right there. So yeah, because I mean, like they watched enough of them to really kind of think yeah. about. Yeah, we so, picked up on it, so I'm sure they would too. Yeah. So then, uh, fourth wall mentions Greendale again, and Wingman passes out, and then it goes <laughs> like while he's flying. <laughs> yes. And then it goes to a commercial break. Well, um, and then uh, three kids was like, "Wait a minute, why'd you say that? Like the guy piloting the thing, not just is unconscious. <laughs> Does anybody else know how to fly this? I will not die like this. I have, I have three, three kids." kids. <laughs> So then it, when it comes back from the commercial, it opens to a toy commercial introducing G.I. Joe mutineers, uh, saying that they are worse than Cobra <laughs> because they're traitors. <laughs> and uh, they show the characters, and you see that Tight Ship actually comes with a po- uh, Polly. Uh, three Kids comes with three kids. <laughs> and Fourth Wall says, doesn't this guy also do the voice for the He-Man commercials? I, know, I love that. There's the narrator. The, the one thing they miss with... with uh tight ship and and ryan you may remember this from the first couple seasons so annie on the show Mm -hmm. in episode or in season one with the whole chicken fingers well i'm not gonna get into that anyway weren't enough chicken fingers available they get abed to make chicken fingers in the in the cafeteria but there is a chimp or a monkey that shows up right and they have a twitter contest to name it and they name it annie's boobs yes it is such a shame that they did not put a chimp tight, with <laughs> call it tight ships boobs whatever right they have a chimp run around that would have sealed it that's the one thing i think they really missed because annie's boobs lived in the <laughs> can't believe i'm saying that annie's boobs lived in the uh air sh- in the air, air ducts yeah around the cool. the room that they're gonna will go into in a few minutes that we'll talk about but yeah that's the one thing they missed on is instead of a parrot it should have come with a monkey yeah that would have been great i didn't even think of that that would have been <laughs> Um, so then, uh, we see, uh, the, the, so then they show the toy, the figures and the toys and everything else of the mutineers and the fine print reads, innocence not included comes with reversible ethics. Ethics. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like made sure on these commercials, I paused so I could read that fine print on. Yep. (laughs) So then we get a, a millisecond flash of the real community people just before wingman wakes up and is offered a cartoon coffee by fourth wall. <laughs> He's like cartoon coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wingman says he keeps having uh, visions of oh, little, bo- little boys, little boys. <laughs> and three kids ask if this is information they should be sharing with the authorities. <laughs> uh, wingman says he wants to go to this Greendale place. And uh, three kids ask if Jeffrey remembers Greendale, and Wingman asks why she called him Jeffrey, and what is wrong with you people? And three kids in fourth wall say, what do you mean you people by you people? And they're like, yeah, and then they high-five each other. Yes. (laughs) What do you mean by you people? They're like, yeah, they look at each other, yeah, (laughs) high-five. And then they arrive at the uh, so then they arrive at the Cobra base and Wingman says he has an idea on how to get in, which involved knocking the Cobra grunts out the exact same way they did the other time. 
They're like, wait a minute, is, didn't we just do this before? Isn't that really cheap? And the fourth wall says, well, in animation terms, it is cheap. Yes. They're like, just because they're exactly ran the exact same animation. So then they go to the to open the underground hatch, and they do that the exact same way. <laughs> like, I have an idea. But you know, that's the one thing they missed on this one, too, is that that was not something you saw on G.I. Joe. Not too often, but you will I don't see, think. You, I, if you look at some of the other animation at the time, I... I yeah. Anyway, no, that's a really good point, because I was thinking about this just recently. Um, You have shows like, say, Voltron and He-Man like that had lots and lots lots of of repeated animation, lots. And then when you had um, Transformers and G.I. Joe were were two shows that were done just as frequently, like episodes were produced just as quickly as those other two shows. But um, there was so much less like you don't have like the formation sequence that, you know, is going to take up this many seconds of your show or, yeah. or whatever that you can like, guarantee just throw it in a couple of times. And that's going to eat up time. Um, you, I mean, I can't think of there's not like one. All right. We're all going to jump in our vehicles now, you know, like mask yeah. or like, right. you know, these other type shows like they really, well, you know, they didn't do it too often. No, well, not too the- often. I did see it every once in a while, but it would be from like one episode to another episode way later or something like that. It wasn't very often that it happened, though. And, and there's that one shot, too, right before they knock the guards out that kind of scooby doo it, you know, when they all kind of stick oh, their yeah. heads around the corner. <laughs> yes. That's all I could think of. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, somebody's <laughs> watching Scooby-Doo. They're like, whoop, just out from the side. <laughs> so now, we, now we're standing in front of the library, and Wingman recognizes it. Uh, we then see Vice... Uh, Cobra assistant commander talking to Major Dick and Zimzam, and this is when they finally get their names. Uh, they are asked; they are asking for hazard pay since they can now die. Uh, Vice Cobra <laughs> assistant <laughs> Vice Cobra assistant commander says that they can't afford it, but Zimzam points out that they can afford it to create a new weaponized vehicle once a week, but they can't pay them anything more. Which I love that because it just seemed like Cobra always had this money to create these huge weapons all the time. <laughs> So that was a nice little nod to that. Uh, Vice Cobra assistant, like a temple a week. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Vice Cobra assistant commander tells them to suck it up, and that insurance is going to go up since they can now die. Also, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like your wages are getting cut. Yes. Uh, Overkill flips in to alert them that they have been infiltrated by the Joes. Uh, it is announced over the PA that the Joes are there, and that the annual fun run is this weekend, and if they don't <laughs> participate, then they are letting the anti-terrorists win. win. <laughs> and that's a nice like nod the to the PA show. System. Yes. That's a nice nod to the show, because Dean Pelton, he'll make just silly yes. announcements through, you know, through all the different episodes. So yeah, that was a nice little treat for that, too. Yeah. So uh, Overkill leaps in front of the community group and activates a hologram projector <laughs> to make it look like there's a bunch of him. So then Wingman shoots the mid- one in the he's middle. Like, he's like, you you won't know which one I am. He's like, ha, 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 ha. Wingman's like, wait, wouldn't it just be the one in the middle? Because they saw the other holograms just right. do, 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 like out from the side. Right. And they just shoot him right in the leg. He's like, oh, son of a. And he's like hopping and he's like, just shoots him right in the leg. Yeah. <laughs> He killed the other guys, but he didn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, his shot's not as good. So no. then we get uh, Zimzam <laughs> jumps into the room, and he announces that they should be warned that he has a twin brother, Mixmax, <laughs> who feels all of his pain. And Taichi asks what strategic 
value could that possibly have? And he's like, he's like, what does that mean to us? And he's like, well, actually, psychological. Yeah. <laughs> and then so he shoots him in the leg in the exact same spot as Overkill. So and then, then it see, cuts to Mix Max. Yes, Mix Max is a waiter at a restaurant, <laughs> and he drops to the ground in pain. It's just like I could explain it to you, but it's just too much. <laughs> that may be my favorite bit in this whole thing. Yes, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. So then we have uh, Major Dick flips towards them, but he throws out his back. <laughs> he just does like one little like handspring. He's like, "Oh, oh, that was a bad idea. Oh, I can feel it. All right." So then Wingman notices that the place feeds on ambition, <laughs> uh, which is very much a community thing. Yes. Uh, they approach the study hall table, and Wingman realizes that uh, this is where he comes from, and this is where he works. Uh, he remembers everyone's real names. Uh, fourth Wall realizes that Jeff needs to get back to the real world. Uh, he asks if Jeff has his wing pack or if it's sold separately. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff doesn't want to go, right? Right. So Tight Ship brings it over, and Fourth Wall says that with the wing pack his fourth wall penetrating powers and this medium's lack of internal logic, <laughs> it should allow him to come up with an oversimplified solution. <laughs> Man, I love, I love this dialogue. It's just yes. so funny. It's oh, it's so there was many times I had to stop and rewind and be like, okay, I have to get this word for word. Cause it's just like you said, it's just too perfect. So, um, wingman says he'll be back, but first he needs to get the truth. Uh, he goes to his office where on his desk is a Mobat, a Tomahawk, a Destro, Cobra Grunt, Flint, and Deep Six fi action figures, plus some prescription drugs and a bottle of Glenn Collin. Uh, and a and, note. I'm sorry? No, I was going to say, and a note from Pierce. Yes. And it says, Jeff, Jeff, welcome to the club, Pierce. So. And Pierce, for those who don't watch the show, was Chevy Chase's character who was on the first four seasons or so and unfortunately had a falling out and they killed him off. So, oh, okay, yeah. Yep. So they, they, so that's, you can read a lot into that note. Oh yeah. The, the major fans will say, Oh, okay. So Pierce is dead. Is this welcome him to the death club, which is a little, little yeah, morbid, a little so. morbid. Yeah. Well, and that, that I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't really know how to interpret that. Cause I was like, well, I knew I hadn't been watching the show. So I was like, is Pierce welcoming him to the club because Pierce is now maybe in charge of the community college? I just wasn't sure because I knew I knew Jeff was now a teacher there. Right. So I thought that's what he was getting welcomed to. So I was like, well, is Pierce like the owner of it now or something like that? So that makes a lot more sense to me, like welcome to yeah. the club, you know, because he might be dead. So, um, so Wingman looks at his uh, driver's license and he returns to the group and Fourth Wall says he figured it out. Uh, but Wingman says he realizes that he's actually unconscious because he drunk a fifth of scotch <laughs> and took some pills. Um, they were, but he explains that they were youth pills, so they wouldn't kill him. <laughs> like from Korea or something, right? Like right. youth pills from Korea. Yes. And it comes up later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's his birthday and he's been lying about his age. So fourth wall points out that they are on. Uh, the 80s cartoon plane. Like, he goes to the uh, over to the chalkboard. <laughs> the three planes. <laughs> and uh, and there's actually four planes I wrote down. Uh, the, there's the toy commercial plane, the 80s cartoon plane, the prime material plane, which is what they kind of pass through, and then the non-cartoon reality plane. 
Jeff doesn't want to go back. Uh, he said he wants to be in G.I. Joe and fight for freedom wherever there's trouble forever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Fourth Wall points out that the real Jeff Winger is in real medical dilemma like you'd see in a one-hour drama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff points out that only his body is in danger. Uh, and this, <laughs> I'm going to let John, if you want to talk about Annie's boobs again, you can talk about it right here. <laughs> This place is awesome. Look at the rack I gave you. <laughs> Robert those, Robert said it, not me. I know. And those things will stay up forever like that. I know. I didn't I forgot about that. Um so then we have uh just then the wall blasts open and uh there's a green camouflage hiss tank along with Duke, Cobra Commander, Scarlet, Gung Ho, Baroness, and uh hat muffs. And they're shouting, yo, Jobra. Yo, Jobra! You're like, what? I love the green his tank. That cracked yes. me up. Well, it was more like, yo, Jobra. Like right at the end, like real awkward. Uh, they said since they couldn't kill each other, they decided to team up against a common enemy. Uh, Jeff gets knocked out as he's ranting about being in control like Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, I'm like Neo in the Matrix, like the third act of the first Matrix, or kind of like the first act of the first second Matrix. The second. But I didn't really start watching it after that, and then like, doesn't he get knocked out or something? Yes. <laughs> it's like as he's going on the about the Matrix. <laughs> he's like, but I didn't really get around to watching Thunk. <laughs> so then it goes to a commercial break, and we come back from a commercial break. We have another toy commercial, and it shows how Cobra and Joe have teamed up. And Duke says that uh, Cobra Commander says, "What can we do for you?" And Duke says, "Well, we could use some milk." And so Destro goes into his tank to go get them some milk. And Wingman says he'll just wait it out in the cage until they get re-educated. Uh, it then shows a logo, logo that says G.I. Jobra with Wingman in a sewer like cage and Major Dick in the his tank and Duke and Cobra Commander together in front of a gallon of milk with their arms up in the air. <laughs> And the fine print reads. Some and then they say like Wingman sold separately. Yes. What, what does it say? Yeah, it's well. Yeah, they do say Wingman sold separately. Um, but then the fine print says some assembly required milk sold separately. <laughs> I think with Wingman they're like Wingman sold separately or whatever. Like they whatever. just completely yeah. disregard him. <laughs> so then uh, Wingman is chained to a lab table uh, and is then brought up uh, to face Duke and Cobra Commander. And Duke points out that. Cobra Commander is pretty selective with his S's. <laughs> so the Cobra Commander says he'd point out something about Duke's imperfections, but he says, but look at you, you're like an Aryan foosball player. I love that. He's like, yep. you're like an Aryan foosball figure. Now the foosball, the foosball bit goes back to an old community episode. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was where uh, Jeff and um, three kids or. Uh, Shirley, yeah, Shirley, thank you. Play. It turns out they knew each other as kids and played foosball. Have you ever seen yes, that? One? Yes, yes. And they yes. had a big. And the 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 foosball battle is is a manga. It is unbelievable. Like the yeah. animation in that episode. So yeah. So when he talks about being an Aryan foosball player, ties That's back to that funny. foosball episode. So. That's funny. Um. So then Wingman offers to share his power. So they agree to release him and they shake hands. And Cobra Commander asks if they can ask him some real life questions about real life. <laughs> oh, man. So, so then Cobra Commander's like, oh, on, ask him, ask him. And Duke says, What are boobies look like? Oh my god. 
Okay, so this I was actually watching this with my son. And this is the first time I really kind of started feeling uncomfortable. Like at first when um when Wingman shot Destro out of the air and he's like, "Oh, I thought and Connor was like, "He he he." I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> Cuz I mean, now they're just so they're so immune to that. Right. Uh, you know, on cartoons now people die all the time. But um he was just like he's like, "So, uh, what do boobies look like?" And Connor looks at me like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh, crap." Oh, crap. Oh, crap. I will not let this be the moment. This is not the moment. This is not time for the talk. <laughs> no, that is not time for the talk, and I will not let GI Jeff make this time for the talk. <laughs> so then Jeff is shocked that they have never seen a naked woman. Uh, he asks if they've ever tasted scotch or if it even exists there. He's like, does, does and they just look at each other. Here? Right. They're like, what? they're like, what's a scotch? And he's like, that's it, I'm out. So the wingman asks if he could use the bathroom, and Duke gives directions, but then he realizes what he just did and says, hey, you can't go to the bathroom. Yeah, he's like, I was like, yeah, it's just second door on the right. Oh, wait a minute, you can't go to the bathroom, and then it cuts the wingman like running down the hallway. Yep. So then, oh, I get, love this part. So the wingman he knocks out Scarlet. So, okay, wait, wait, wait. So he's running, yep. he's running down the hallway. And then you have one group of like G.I. Joes and Cobras together yep. coming down the hall highway after him and he kinda of turns and there's another group come in. Yeah. And so right as he meets that group, man, he just lays into him the very yes. first one he punches is Scarlet right in the face. And he does like some flying kicks and everything else. <laughs> but he I love he, that. He's just like floating through the air. Yeah. He knocks out Scarlet, Hat Muff, Gung Ho, Roadblock, uh, Deep Six, Flint, and a bunch of Cobra grunts. <laughs> Which I love how he just punches Deep Six's dome. He's like boom. And, yep. like, Deep Six gets knocked out. Like, how oh, you wouldn't feel that? So then we get Wingman puts on the wing pack and grabs a laser rifle. Cobra Commander grabs his leg as he flies off. He says he wants to see women's boobs. Oh, man. <laughs> and then as he passes through the dimensions, Cobra Commander dissolves to a skeleton and then into nothing. But well, he has funny is his, his face mask face. starts melting yes. first. And then you see what's under it. Yep. It's totally like the snake face. The from snake the movie. face, yes, exactly. And then and then it's like his skin's di- Yeah, I was I was once something he gets dissolves and he's just a skeleton hanging off of his foot there for a second. It would have been great if he had hissed something like, I want to be a man <laughs> I know, exactly. Uh he enters uh so then Wingman enters the toy commercial uh plane where the voiceover says he's trying to escape. And uh, the the young Jeff is like, I'm not even doing this. He's doing it himself. It's like it's like he's acting like it's pulling him across <laughs> yeah. the yard. He's like, whoa, wait, what? And like the jetpack actually turns on and he's flying around. So he flies out of the kid's hand, like burning his hand, and then he f- flies back <laughs> down. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm making a man out of you, and he knocks him out. <laughs> he just like blasts him right in the head. And Jeff then wakes up in the hospital with everyone around him. Uh, Jeff announces that he is 40 and really no one's shocked because they, they do the math. <laughs> They're like, like, yeah, well, we figured you were kind of a little over 30 and that was five years ago. So <laughs> so then Abed uh, says that, that he's actually 38 and then he's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. And then uh, <laughs> he points out that age really doesn't matter. It's really age range. And what's important is that he's still in that 18 to 49, 49 range, demographic, which, which is the demographic all ratings, for most yeah. things, yes. <laughs> Especially ratings for TV, because that's what advertising looks for. So yep. the rating system, if, if you're high in that range of 18 to 49, and it cuts off at 49, yep. then uh, you get a certain amount of money from advertisers as opposed to your demographic. As soon as it breaches 50, you get a, a, a lower rate amount, rate amount for if you play their commercial or whatever. 
And then who's the character that is old? Because he's like he's That's like he's Jonathan like, Banks. A yeah, yeah, he's like, uh, what are the where are those pills again? He like tries to grab the pills to go. <laughs> well, yeah. no, when Ken Jong was trying to read yes. the label, <laughs> and he goes, "What am I?" And they go Chinese, and he says, "I feel Korean." He's Korean in real life. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, oh, Tao, Kao. and he's like, wait, wait a minute, what are you doing? That's what? Korean. He goes, well, what am I? It's like, you're Chinese. He's, I feel Korean. <laughs> um. So then they they crack a couple jokes. He gets a Jeff gets a mug that says uh, it's an old boy. They write old on it, and uh, the one new guy he he says he has to go visit a friend. Uh, from like, what do you say from the war? Almost since eighty nine. Eighty nine, yes. <laughs> and then Jeff says eighteen eighty nine. Yeah. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And they have kind of like that laughing moment at the end of every eighties right. cartoon where all those kind of stand and laugh at a yep. really bad joke. And then we get into the PSA, and you guys can certainly talk about the PSA, but I will say at at the end of this episode, I'm going to actually play the P, the actual PSA from the community episode. Okay. Because <laughs> um, it's it's almost too perfect. You kind of have to hear it in a lot of ways, but uh, yeah. But it's, it, it, it's pretty hilarious. I think it's great that The Rock says Harmon sucks on it. <laughs> Dan Harmon being the producer and right. creator of the show, that it says Harmon sucks. I, I, that was probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do have also some trivia things uh, from IMDb. They, uh, if I can find them again... Uh, some things I, di- I didn't even notice in it. So it says uh, Hasbro, the owner of G.I. Joe, gave permission for the parody, of course. They kind of have to. Um, the cast recorded their voiceovers three weeks before the episode episode's airing, and the animation was finished days before it aired. Uh, this was actually the final episode produced for the fifth season. Shooting for the rest of the season was completed in December of 2013. We mentioned already that Michael Bell and Bill Ratner and Mary McDonald provide their voices. Um, and uh, that's about it. The, this is where I found out uh, that it went back to that days since last casualty. The number leads to September 23rd of 1985, which was the air date of episode six of the 1985 season of the animated series, which when I looked back, episode six of that season was countdown to Zartan. So, but overall, I mean, this to me, it was a brilliant episode. I thought it was absolutely everything I would, could possibly even want it to be. Um, I was cracking up constantly, and my <laughs> wife was sitting there watching it, and she's just like, I don't get all these references. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you guys think overall when it came to it? Well, I just think, you know, one, I mean, I think it's great that a show like this does these kinds of big, uh, you know, just once a season you know, kind of goes outside of the box and, and, and does this kind of thing. And then throughout, uh, I got the impression, I, I have, again, I haven't watched the show, but I just get the impression that uh, this is made for people our age, by people our age, so just in general, you know, like yeah. cause we're getting all these references and they're obviously taking the time to make those references. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so one, I mean, just, no, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that, but just whenever, when like Angel did the puppet episode and when Buffy did the musical episode, it's just, it's just as a director or a writer or whoever's producing the show. I mean, those are the ones you really remember because they're so oh, yeah. different and unique. And, um, and again, yeah, like John said, I mean, this is the, the most exposure GI Joe's had, uh, on a, to a wide, you know, wide 
audience than, than anything Hasbro's done or, or any other kind of pr- promotional material. And I just think it was uh, fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree. John, what did you think overall? I was really pleased. Uh, again, you know, when I saw the little snippet of a part of the cartoon, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be five minutes, if it was going to be a minute or two. Right. To get 22 minutes of not only the cartoon, but these well-crafted and looking toy commercials. I mean, they yeah. looked, period. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I went back, like I said, I went back and watched it tonight before we got on, and uh, I was watching the crowd shot because I was hoping they would put Dino Stanonopoulos, who who wrote the episode. He plays a character called Starburns, who yeah. literally has sideburns that are shaved in the shapes of stars. Right. And Starburns <laughs> left. So Starburns faked his death when he was creating meth on campus several seasons ago. Yeah. And he <laughs> left with Dan Harmon. So he came back this year and they brought him back in an episode that was just like a law and order. Shot like an law and order. The the colors so another another <laughs> themed episode. Brilliant, right? And it has yeah. Ben Folds, who's my favorite musician, is in it. Just unbelievable. And Starburn shows back up. Spoilers for those of you who don't watch the show. So Starburns wrote this episode. I was hoping that he would get it, but like I said, other than the the loss of Annie's boobs, the monkey, <laughs> you know, it just it hit all the right notes. It, a little heavy, you know, the the theme of yeah. this guy, you know, and, and the the death piece was a a little heavy, you know, as I've watched a couple times since. But they they just nailed it, and you know, again, kudos to Dan Harmon and Dino Stanopoulos and Larry Houston and all these people that put this thing together. And again, for NBC, for this is the show that could. You know, yeah. and it just keeps coming back around. And you know, a couple seasons ago, the hashtag was six seasons in a movie. Season finale is this weekend. This week, I hope it gets another season, and I hope they make a movie. I yeah. just love it. Love the it. the thing that I really liked with it was that yeah, there was a lot of poking fun at the old cartoon and stuff like that, but it was done in a very lovingly way. Very respectful. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't very making respectful. fun of us that grew up with it. It was. Saying point, it was it to me, and I don't mean to toot our own horn, but it, it did what Robert and you and I do a lot of times on the animated show, which is we talk about the stuff that was cool, and then we talk about the stuff that was ridiculous. And that yeah. to me, that's what this did: is it, it right. pointed out the stuff that was ridiculous with still the respect that I feel like we have as fans, right. also. Right. So, um, no, I thought it was fantastic, uh, and I would love to see them do other ones just like it. And like, just like you said, though, John, I wasn't sure am I going to get five minutes of cartoon and that's going to be it, which, okay. But when I saw it was pretty much almost the entire episode was that. And then, like you said, the commercials were fantastic. And like you said, they had that wash to them that made it look like the old yeah, they just they they looked and and like I said, I let my kids watch this one. They've never watched an episode of Community before, and I don't think they'd have a lot of interest. Jacob, my older boy, thought it was hilarious. Daniel, not so much. He didn't really. He's not watched the cartoons like Jacob has. That kid's yeah. probably watched the box set I don't know four or five times in his life, and so he really, you know, he has a, definitely an appreciation for the cartoon side of it. He didn't right. really get to show the the live action piece, and like I said, that got a little heavy when you're talking about this guy taking pills and drinking too much, right? And, Right. And, you know, of course, as the as the guy on the show that is forty, uh, hit me probably a little closer to home than, than right. you guys. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm turning thirty nine yeah. this year, so I'm getting right there. Yeah, you're you're, you're yeah. Well, but anyhow, no, really um, was super, very very pleased, super excited that they did it. I, I, again, 
never would have thought that a primetime show about people in community college would do more for GI Joe than yeah than a toy line <laughs> or a cartoon proper or you know right. anything else that's going on out there. So right. this year particularly, yeah, absolutely this year, and it it seems like it would lend itself to them even if they did just something like they did with GI Joe Resolute, where they just did like one maybe one hour long special just to commemorate the anniversary would have been really cool. Right. Um, to do a cartoon or something like that, but eh, you know, we're not the ones in charge. So, but, uh, the other thing I will say is that had there been a character like tight ship when I was a kid, uh, I would have, <laughs> I would have fallen for her. Over Lady <laughs> Jay. I, I have, to, I have to give a shout out. I don't know if he'll listen to the show or not, but Greg Shegel, who's become a dear friend over the last many years, uh, illustrator extraordinaire, who's currently doing a lot of work with Nickelodeon on SpongeBob. Um, he has taken dibs to do, tight ship either in my sketchbook or as a jam piece nice. so I, i'm putting on record here that you know uh, this is something i definitely want to be doing in the in the near future that he will do part <laughs> robert we'll have to talk about what you want to do but he is he's laid claim to annie to well to tight ship uh, i'll probably have him put annie's boobs in there too but uh yeah <laughs> I, I, he I, I do have to say i'm making record here that he gets claimed to that character so all right well i'm, I'm gonna call dibs on uh, either placeholder or cold shoulder <laughs> placeholder possibly, that, that, possibly hat muffs maybe hat muffs i don't know i personally think that robert should have to draw annie's rack because he brought it up oh, on the episode <laughs> all right i thought you guys were gonna say it nobody was saying it you we just started man you <laughs> we just made it really uncomfortably silent so you felt the need to say it so um one thing i, I will say I got to talk with uh, just this uh, past weekend. I got to go hang out at the Columbus Toy Show uh, with Chuck and with uh, Nick, who's been on the show before, and Sam, who is straight edge He-Man on the forums. I got to meet Sam, and he was a really cool guy. Cool. Um, but I talked with our buddies at Roma Collectibles, and they watched this episode. And Aaron said that he has already has thoughts about making custom figures nice. of the different community characters. He already knows which characters he could probably change up to make them look like the community characters. I know. It's just, it's, it's absolutely cool. perfect for the, the customizing community to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just right. It's just right up. It absolutely. Would just fit perfectly. Absolutely. And then I also wanted, uh, since I mentioned the Columbus toy show, I also wanted to give a shout out to another toy, uh, online company and they're at the toy shows and stuff like that, who I met at the show. Uh, it's a company called skylarks.com. And they do selling of toys and stuff in pretty reasonable prices. I checked them out and everything else. Um, but I met them at the show because they saw my Star Joe shirt. And they were like, that's what we should have named our company. And, uh. <laughs> and Sam goes, oh, uh, he, he already has a copyrighted. And I told him about the podcast. So they said they were going to be listening because uh, it's definitely right up their alley. And their name Skylarks looks just like it's done in the style of the Silverhawks logo. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. cool. So, um, so they said they're going to be listening and I, I told them I'd give them a shout out and everything else. Cause, uh, they were a really cool bunch of guys. Um, and they're just starting out. So I was like, Hey, people gave us a leg up when we were just starting out and I want to, uh, and I'm always someone I, I like supporting someone that, you know, I, I do believe in what they're doing. And like I said, I did take a look at their website and they, their prices are reasonable. So unlike some other places I've seen. So, <laughs> so I would definitely uh, recommend checking them out and helping these guys starting out. So, uh, and obviously the Roma collectible guys are always really cool too. So I uh, can't say enough great things about them, but uh, 
All right, guys. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about as far as this this uh, review goes, or shall we call it a night for this episode? That's it for me. I think, I think we're good to go, man. Cool. All right. Uh, well, Robert, where can people find your stuff at? Um, well, I tell you what, I'll be at, uh, in person, I'll be at C2E2. It's up in Chicago. This is April 25th through the 27th, so just in a couple weekends. Um, then you can go online at Robert Atkins Art. And I have that username for, you know, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I just started up a Tumblr account, which is very similar to my blog. So just a place for me to post it in multiple places. Um, and then at, at DeviantArt, just at Robert Atkins or R Atkins on DeviantArt. Um, but probably what I update the most is my blog, which is just robertatkinsart.blogspot.com. Cool. And then, uh, John, where can people find you? Sure. So you can find me online, uh, Facebook at John Thurmond, at Twitter at that John Thurmond. And then on uh, Sunday, the 27th, I'm going to be hosting a panel at the Virginia Con here in Richmond, Virginia, entitled G.I. Joe, A Real Virginia Con Panel, with uh, a couple of folks uh, that those of you listening to the show probably know, Grubzilla, our friend Eric Grubb, as well as Keith Knutson of DC Noise fame. We're going to be sitting down with me. We're going to talk about uh, the recent 200th uh, issue of Real American Hero with our pal Shannon Gallant and, and Mr. Hama uh, on duties there. We're going to talk about the 50th anniversary of the toy line. It's just an opportunity for us to talk about Joe, we'll talk about this show. Uh, man, I wish I was uh, there. But, but, uh, but, you know, uh, really kind of be a, an introduction to new fans and, and have some, you know, we did a, we did a, sh- we did a, a Joe Transformers, uh, combo panel back in November at that con here in town and had a great response. And so the, uh, the promoters asked me would I moderate another panel, strictly Joe this go around. And I said, great timing between the anniversaries and, uh, Joe con just come, having gone yeah. past. I had no idea about this community episode, which we'll certainly put in the mix as well. So yeah, so if you're in the uh, uh, listening area in in Richmond, again uh, Virginia Con on the 27th. Awesome. Uh, hope to see you there. Yeah, and then let them let John when you see when you see John, let him know you heard it on the show here, and uh, go Please. up and say hi. Uh, he, he's he's a pretty likable guy. So uh. <laughs> um, hey, Robert stands right outside my window. Oh, so you can ask him. <laughs> I'm watching you now, fool. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, no. There's something else I wanted to just say um, for the for this year's convention season. I'm doing uh, C2E2. I'll be at Hartford uh, Comic Con up in Connecticut in May. I'll be at Heroes Con in June. Um, in July, I'm going to be at the Rollout Roll Call show in uh, over in the UK. So it's in Southampton, uh, England. Um, then uh, probably Baltimore and uh, New York Comic Con. So those are those are the shows I'm doing this coming year. Uh, I will have a new GI Joe specific art book out. That's like kind of one of my convention sketchbooks. Nice. Um, cool. Uh, so I'll, that'll be available at the shows. But of course, if you can't get at the show, you can always email me directly, and I can ship those out to you. So just awesome. a kind of a a plug. But um, but it's a lot of new content of stuff that people haven't seen. It's either been uh, sketches or. Um, uh, you know, projects for uh, companies that they've either come out so now I can release it. So there's a lot of G.I. Joe artwork in there that I'm sure hasn't been printed before or people haven't seen before. Cool. Excellent. Well, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the forumforgeeks.com where you can join the community there. And I keep hearing people saying, like, yeah, I keep meaning to sign up. Well, stop meaning to do it and just do it. 
the <laughs> it's uh, it's a great community, and uh, I know I'm posting on there every day. John, I know you're on there every day, and and Robert when he can pull him, himself away from drawing and you know do, making money um, <laughs> for his job, you know, no, Robert's on there too. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's a great community. So so join up there. Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. You can email us. It's uh, Star Joe's Podcast at Gmail you can find us on Facebook. We have a fan page and a profile page. I recommend the fan page especially. Uh, that's where we're posting stuff every single day. And uh, you can call us and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, J-O-E-S. Uh, so leave us a voicemail message just like you heard on this. We'll play it and we'll respond to it. So I uh, highly recommend that. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices. And you can make Star Joes one of your favorites on there. And... Uh, we're also on the GeekCast Radio Network. We're part of the GCRN, where you can find us as well as a bunch of other great podcasts uh, that touch on a lot of these same type of subjects that we do. So, uh, but we do it the best. So, uh, <laughs> with that, uh, I think that's everything. So, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because no one else is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Yo, Jobra. <laughs> <laughs> My name too. What are you guys, cavemen? Buzzkill! What you're doing is a waste of spray paint. We live in a fascist police state disguised as democracy. You think you're going to shatter that illusion by celebrating your own meaningless identities? You need a message worth spreading. Is church over yet? Fourth wall! A good syndicated cartoon has a lesson at the end, but getting heavy-handed or preachy could turn an entire generation into jaded, sarcastic babies. Be friendly and direct. And keep the message simple. Graffiti is bad. Go play sports. Cool! I get it. I was trying to hold them to a higher standard. If the media tells kids what to think, all they'll know is... And knowing is half the battle. What?